Hey guys, welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm here with Tommy, Brian, and Jason. And today we just want to start off reading these different topics from an article about men, and then we'll get into it and talk about them. First one is men dare greatly. Boys settle for the status quo. Men embrace the pain of growth. Boys pursue comfort. Men master their bodies. Boys are slaves to them. Men respond to their emotions. Boys react. Men are professionals. Boys are amateurs. Men are self-reliant and boys seek external approval. Men respect the feminine. Boys demean or deify. Men seek service. Boys seek recognition. And finally, men accept their mortality. Boys hide from it. So in going through those those nine topics, that is the difference between a, a man and a boy. What was one that stood out to you the most in our current world and our current culture that we need to, uh, that affects us every day or that you see the most common around other guys that you're around? I think the most common, I would say that I've seen is probably men's master of their bodies and boys are slaves to them. And I think that also goes in hand with, um, that also goes in hand with men respect feminine and boys demean or deify. Cause I think what I, I have seen a lot of today is like how men react to women. And so like, if they're letting their body and their emotions control their reactions to women. So you'll see like a lot of like, it's either, um, like, completely disrespecting women and like being over demeaning or it's like um a lot of people use the term like simp today so that's like like you're like you'll do anything for a woman like you're deifying her and I think that kind of goes in hand also with like the mastering your body versus um like letting being a slave to it just with lust and everything like that so I think those two are one that I've seen a lot today so when you're looking at that characteristic, obviously we're dealing with, you know, especially in Mission 300, just how do we go from being a boy to being a man? How do you help a young man or, or another man switch gears so they actually have the true value and gets the true reward of what is intended for that versus the the cheap way or the, the immature or the childish way of going about um, going about that how how would you help bring someone into a place of maturity that they can actually look at this from the right perspective i think a big thing is definitely be an example in how you treat women how you act and everything because i think um a lot of like like social media you're like it has so much bad stuff on it and it honestly social media is such a huge part i think of how like men react to women today because they're so objectified on social media. So I think being like an example to those around you in real life of like how you should actually talk to women. Like my dad was a huge example of me in just teaching me even how to like respect my sisters and how I interact with them. And it's not like you're interacting with another guy or anything like that and how you talk to them and different stuff like that. So I think the huge thing is like being an example and being willing to like honestly correct people when they're um doing something that doesn't line up with that and i think that goes for a lot of stuff on this list because so much of like 
these situations where it's like boys are like this it's like well what do they need to be the man aspect of that and I think maybe like the having someone in their life who's an example or who's leading them in that way is huge for all of it because if we're if it's only boys seeing only boys doing other things then <clears throat> how can like people even know better like that's not an excuse or anything but it's like um definitely a huge part i think i noticed that uh in number number four was men respond to their emotions boys react to their emotions and it's like all these kind of tie together actually there there, there there's like a lot of rooting when when i think of like identity strength courage and influence um within the concepts of mission 300 i kind of start looking at that number four is like men respond to their emotions, boys react. If you can start learning of these emotions are going off in, in kids, right? You have all these different feelings, right? And it's interesting. We've, 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 our culture has catered so much to the feeling versus the character of a person that your feelings drive everything. So now we have these boys that don't know how to be men, but now they're being catered to those emotions that they need to that just go with whatever you're feeling. And we've stripped out the thing that actually makes them men and actually makes them probably more attractive to the right woman, that now they have something to offer a woman versus trying to get something from them or take something from it. And, and it goes either way, whether it's like a lustful, I'm going to use them for my own own benefit, that's still taking, or you're deifying them where you're almost worshiping that woman, just whatever they want, whatever they want, that that is as much selfish as the other is, because you're you're still trying to get something versus offering and bringing value to that that relationship. But that comes back to this emotions part. Um, Victor Frankl makes this quote: "Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response." In our response lies our growth and our freedom, Viktor Frankl. So being in a concentration camp, learning how to how to respond to things and how to interact interact in a way to function within when everything else around is demanding a different kind of feeling. And it, it's interesting. I think we all want that. Like you think of a Navy SEAL or you think of uh, you know a fireman going into a fire. You need them not be responding emotionally you need them to have a core to make decisions and to navigate through that and i think it's interesting we all want that but we don't have many examples of that so i kind of see this as kind of a root of that and my thoughts to you guys is as we've gone through this list what what could be something that could be done like with the example i just gave to that could help another young man so we talk about us being an example but what do we do then to develop this? What have we done to establish this in ourselves to be that example? Because rather than just knowing these things, what, what do we do? Well, one thing I started doing years ago really lines up with this second point in this article where it says men embrace the pain of growth, boys pursue comfort. And it started um, back when I had a a desk job, a day job where, you know, just like a million other people, you're sitting at a desk all day, every day, you got a computer screen in front of you. And it's very easy to sit in that chair all day long, you might get up for lunch, you might get up for a break. Um, but that's about it. And what I started doing 
was I would just find a couple of random points throughout the day, get off my desk, go into a conference room and do three pushups. That was it. I wasn't going to try to max out and do 20 or 30 or 10 or 15. I just mentally told myself, I'm just going to get up and do something that's physically exerting, even if it's two pushups, even if it's taking one of these stupid heavy conference room chairs and lifting it once and then going back to my seat. If if nothing else, I'm just going to do one thing. And it's weird. And I think a lot of people can relate to the the mentality of how hard it is to get yourself out of that comfortable chair because you have everything you need right there. You've got your social media up on your computer while you're working because you're multitasking and it's comfortable and you're, you're in a zone, you're not having to walk around and it's nice and air conditioned inside. And I, I noticed that when I started doing that, my entire mentality just changed just from a little moment of physical exertion. And it was not comfortable. It wasn't I wouldn't say it was painful in those times, but in a sense, it is painful because you have to rip yourself out of that stupid chair and go and do something. And you might get weird looks from your coworkers when they see you going and they ask what you're doing and you either lie or you say, I'm just going to go do a couple pushups real quick. And they might think, you know, who knows what they think of you. But that did something that started changing my mentality of what my days look like. And I think that's one of the things that kept me from becoming one of those people that over time, your desk job, it just makes you lethargic, physically, mentally lethargic. You know, you're sitting down all day. And then at the end of the day, when you get home, you're still exhausted for some reason. It it really kept me out of that to the point now where I'm, you know, a lot healthier than I've been in a decade. And I have energy, I'm focused, like everything is just better. And I have different routines now that are a lot more than just three pushups or a, a five minute walk here or there. But it all started from a simple, tiny little thing of I'm going to not let myself be comfortable just for a minute. I'm going to go do something that peels me out of that. And then let's just see what happens from there. Hey, I'm going to just throw something in on what Jason was just saying of watching Jason go from these intentional things. I remember him talking about this to, I mean, he's become fit and you never see him. We've been uh, being in the States. We've been staying at his house for a couple of weeks. He, you never see him work out. It's like, how are you going about this thing? Like, it's not like, Hey, I got to take a break today. I need to go do my two hour workout. So I'm heading over. And then he puts on his cool little gym clothes and does his thing and uh, goes over, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that, but he doesn't do that. Like, because he's done these things, like within the office, these little ideas, Whatever he's done to create his routine, it is distinctly noticeable uh, just in his physique and how he carries himself and in in all of this. So I've, it's kind of cool, Jason, watching you snowball that into much stronger. Yeah, and honestly, it inspired a lot of creativity, too, because the the whole point of it when I was starting was I just need to go and do something that gets the blood flowing that keeps me from being lethargic. And in most office settings, there's not a lot of options for that. Like you've got a conference room with some chairs, maybe you could do some pushups on the floor, but even that feels weird. There's not a lot of variety. And so I had to get a little creative and think, okay, well, what is around me in private too? Cause I wasn't going to do this, you know, on the floor in front of everybody and cause a distraction. 
So what can I do or what's around me that I can just lift something heavy or push something heavy or hold while I do a setup or, or whatever it is. And it started, I, I noticed over time that those little steps of having to be creative made me more creative in other areas of my day to where the point I would, when I would, um, you know, when I was working from home, I noticed that one of the corners in my kitchen counter was a perfect 90 degree angle and there was a flat top. And so I could hoist myself up and I could do some leg lifts there. And it, it was weird, but it, it inspired some creativity. And then my kids saw me doing it and then they wanted to get in, involved in doing some kind of exercise and to where now it's slowly becoming a part of their life at a young age. And so it was, it was cool to see how that it was honestly the tiniest, stupidest little thing. And it made no difference. Like ask someone, I, well, I did three pushups. Well, what difference is that going to make? Well, maybe no difference whatsoever, but you know, honestly, when, when you look back at it, it makes a huge difference, just the mentality of it. And so, yeah, the, the creativity inspired too. It just really, it really set a different pace for my days to the, where the point now where I can be creative with it, you know, I don't need to go to the gym for an hour and a half. Like Brian was saying, I don't have cute gym clothes and I probably wouldn't look cute in them in the first place if I did, but it's, it's made for an amazing lifestyle. So it's interesting how many of the different characteristics are solved that, that maturing from boyhood to manhood. And it's not that you weren't, you were a boy before, but you decided to do something that was deliberate that men do like men, that that's something you do, whether you feel like it or not, and how it changed your emotions, changed your, 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 your outlook, just that one area of your life, how many things were affected by that? Because now it's not about how you feel, it's just the right thing to do. I was even thinking of that verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, uh, Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. I think it's interesting, almost that whole, that whole layout is childish things. You're, 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 you don't have control of your body. Like Jason, you're talking about your kids when they're little, it's like, dad, I can't, my body just wants to go all over the, like you learn to manage your body. You learn how to manage your emotions. You learn how to do things that are hard. You don't live like an amateur. You live like a professional. You don't have reasons why they can do it and I can't do it. And you just do it because it's the right thing to do. You, 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 there's a sense of character that develops in you. And I thought this is pretty cool that Paul is talking about this whole idea that you just got done explaining. But it's so hard in our culture to uh, motivates the wrong word, but to really inspire that. But maybe we don't need to inspire it. Maybe it's already in there that we're just not, we're not exposing someone to that this is the best way to live. This is what you really want. I think for me, it could be that I've seen other men in my life, like start, like Jason, what you're saying, like, now I'm like thinking about it sitting here. I'm like, I should do that at the, at my office, like whenever I'm just sitting there. And I think <clears throat> like hearing the benefits of it that it's had for you and like other examples, like, um, like I always use my dad as an example, but even 
like even if you're with your friends and your friends like oh I started doing this it has these benefits for me it's been great like I think that's how like a lot of people start things and maybe like it'll be hard at first but like when you're hearing other people saying like oh it was so worth it when I was doing it like what you were saying Jason I think that's like encouraging and then it takes like a little bit of step of faith or a little bit of like okay just getting started on it and maybe you won't see like changes right away but I think that's a huge thing that motivates me is like okay I've seen this benefit other people in their lives and change like their life and other people around them for good and I think like even if it's hard it's worth it in the end whatever it is like however big or small it is to like start doing that in my life personally and so I think that's what's motivated me a lot of times and then when I start do and then I've done it enough times with different stuff that I've seen the benefit of each time and I know like when it's like painful to grow like I know on the other side it's so worth it that it's almost like you can disregard the pain because it's like ah once I get through this it's going to be so beneficial and you're doing it not for to be selfish for yourself right now because like if I wanted to live whatever life I wanted to live right now and not think about my future then I do whatever but if I want to like think about who am I going to be in three days who am I going to be in a month or a year or five years like what's what's my objective of where I'm going then I need to start taking steps now to be proactive on um growing and so I think hearing that from other people is huge and then doing it and seeing like the benefits of it whatever the case um has motivated me to like when I hear things like that okay I should try that at least try it for whatever period of time is needed to to see some change I I think number two and number six on this list really go together for me because um, number six being men are self-reliant boys seek external approval. And I think back to that second one um, and I kind of, I rephrase it a bit in my mind, it just being comfortable with being uncomfortable or however you want to phrase it, um, embracing the pain of growth. And so I'm kind of curious, what have you guys become, become okay with being uncomfortable in? in different circumstances, like what's something you've gone through where you realized, okay, the way I'm going to do this or the way I need to do this as, as a man, as a son of God, as a leader, whatever it is, it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable and it might be a little bit awkward, but I'm going to do it anyways. And what was it like to walk through that? Like for my example, this was a very, it was a weird thing because as covert as I tried to be with it, some coworkers would notice. And it's, it's weird how when you just try to do something small and simple, that's a good thing. And everyone knows it's a good thing. But because it's not normal, people kind of give you a weird look, and there's this judgment about it. And, and it's, it's not very comfortable. But it was something I decided I honestly, I was at the point, I just don't care what other people think about it. this is something I want to start doing. So is, is there stuff that you guys like in the same arena or different arenas where you've been I need to do this. It's the right thing. But I don't really care if other people are going to look at me weird for it. Brian, touching on kind of doing the dishes. For me, it was interesting because it wasn't something that grew out of myself of this is something I need to do to grow up. 
it was being in the environment of maybe not as grown up people and the dishes began to pile. And that's where I was like, this can't happen. Like we're all 20 something year old guys. We shouldn't be acting like kids anymore. And I was, I wasn't going to fight the fight of, Hey, you guys are being childish. You know, let's do our dishes. It was going to be, Hey, you know, the buck stops with me. I'm part of the problem. I'm just going to fix it. And that's where that kind of came from. And I, I can't say that every aspect of my life came from like, I saw something I didn't like and I wanted to fix it. And that's where it came. But a lot of it, this growing up is either a realization of something needs to change or being forced into change. Um, I think of like right now I'm in, I'm in a completely different season of life than I was a year ago. I'm, in my career, I'm planning a marriage. I'm planning our wedding. It's just life has come so quickly that it's like, I don't have time to be a little kid anymore. I don't have time to stay up until 2.30 in the morning watching XYZ because I have to work in the morning and I have to go do hard things so I can enjoy my life after that. And I think it's just, for me, it's been like a season of like change and growth. Um, but one of the things I think really stuck out to me is the men respond to their emotions. They don't react. And I'm really learning that right now is that like, just because I feel an emotion doesn't mean I have to display that emotion to the whole world. You can be in the worst situation, the toughest spot. But what is complaining? What is sharing that with someone else going to do? Unless that other person is going to help you get out of the pit. Unless that person is going to fight with you. What's the, what's the point in sharing? And so I think that's just something that I found really interesting is like, man, if this was taught, way more in high schools and middle schools to boys like man I think the world would be in a completely different place and there's people I agree with like it doesn't matter what you think there's people on all different sides who are reacting instead of just responding and thinking about what is going on I mean it, it caused chaos in the last couple of years I think that's, I, I always kind of wonder if that root, root word for response to our ability is versus reactability. <laughs> like we're supposed to be responsible. It's the key to freedom. So I'm just wondering if there's a connection to our response to our ability is where that, that root word comes from. And I'm not, I'm not sure from a linguistic point of view, but I kind of look, look at that. When we master our response to things, that is when you become responsible. And so you're able to take that on. Otherwise, you become a victim, right? Because if you're reacting, it's not your fault. It's just blah, 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 blah. And you're jumping all over the place. I remember when we first uh, launched in Thailand and we're launching our program and um, we went into a meeting and a meeting with some uh, government officials. 
and I don't know what the protocols are. Uh, everything's going through a translator. I know I'm saying things wrong. I, I'm just such an outsider to this whole thing. And there's times they laughed at things I said because it was translated improperly. And we just kind of, you just had to just kind of laugh at yourself and you're feeling embarrassed, but it's like, you're, it's too late now. You've come too far. You just might as well just, just roll with it. And how much that actually changed that environment to, they, they, you, I, you just said, you know what, I'm probably going to say something wrong culturally. Um, please forgive me in advance. And it was like, it just kind of made it all better. Like you're just kind of upfront that you're walking through those things. And I just thought, what would have happened if I was nervous about what they thought of me? Because you are the shining spotlight of anomaly when you walk into that being from America and you're going into Thailand, like you're, you're just an anomaly and you're walking through those, those areas and trying to, trying to tell them what you're going to do and what your plans are. And I just thought how uncomfortable that was, but it was so worth it. And I'm so glad I went through other uncomfortable things to prepare me for those moments to just got to move through it. So like you're saying, Brian, just that being uncomfortable and that whole aspect, as I'm starting my job with sales, like I had to get really comfortable with rejection. And for me, that was something so difficult to deal with because I, I know if I saw these people face to face, there wouldn't be that rejection, but when it's over a phone or over email or something, it just, it eats you up. And that, that first week, that first week and a half was just, oh man, this just sucks. I don't want to do this. This every, the phone is just heavy. The keyboard, you just, can't I just do more training on the product? Do I have to talk to anybody? I'm, I'm tired of this, but now it's like, man, you know, those emotions are there, but am I going to respond to those emotions? I, I feel that every day. Every day I get in the office, I'm like, man, I know what I have to do. 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 But it's like growing up is realizing you're going to feel that in everything you do, right? Because it's not just about my job. It's about it's about life. It's about relationships. It's like, man, I, I, I know I, I want, I should reach out to this person. I need to really, I need to just share with them my faith. I need to invite them to church. I need to do something, but I'm going to get rejected. And you let your emotions eat you up. You know, it's everywhere. It's just, it's, it goes back to like, just the emotions part is like, man, we, men are so reliant on their emotions and how they feel and that, and that, that goes to Caleb, what you're talking about earlier, how you, how you treat women. It goes back to so many different things and mastering your body and that stuff. Like it just applies to so many things and so much endurance too, when you're growing and in that pain and something that kind of spoken to me recently was just this endurance. Um, and there's a Greek word that is for patience. And it's the one who is under heavy load but refuses to bend, break, or surrender because he is convinced that the territory, the promise, the principle under assault right, rightfully belongs to him. It's a refusal to give up, an attitude that is determined to achieve what is promised or hoped for. And I just 
think of like during the season of growth, even in my relationship with God is like, if I give up, I'm giving up that hope, that dream. And it's, it's already been given to me. I just have to execute on it. I just have to go out and do, and the rest will become a part of who I am. And I don't know, that's just probably a huge word mush of how I'm feeling over the last months, months this summer. I think you just explained something that Peter was trying to bring about, because a lot of times when you say, you know what, don't, don't seek this urgent thing. Don't, don't go for the thing that's right now. Be patient, see it through, get to the end. You'll appreciate it so much more. Like I've heard my parents tell me that when I was a kid, it's like, yeah, you're basically saying I can't have my, my candy right now. That's a way to say, it was just a way for them to say no. (laughs) Right. But there's something deeply, deeply important in that. And it said in first, first Peter chapter one, verse two, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us. I, I love this as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which he is has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. I like this, Tommy, what you said about, you know, it's this promises to hold on to them, that by these promises, that through these, you may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. So, and we get caught up in certain words, but we've missed something. These promises are so much better than a short-term outcome, that quick fix, that, that, that temporary, if I get it right now, at least I could feel good right now. That is so stripping and, and, but the promises are better, but we think sometimes, well, God has these promises. Yeah, that may happen way off. Like it's a lottery ticket. No, they will happen, but there's this growth in them that we can put say no to these temporary things because the long-term thing is coming and we've been promised these things we've been promised this amazing stuff from god and all everything that pertains to our life has already been given to us but it comes through us walking it out like tommy there will come a point where you're going to be succeeding at your job you love your job you're great with your customers you know what i'm saying but if i were to tell you that hey just stay at it this is what's going to turn out it might be a couple of weeks, like you feel like you're in hell. This is the most miserable job I've ever possibly had. But it's like, Tommy, I know you. I know how you are with people. You just, you're in a new, once you bend this curve and you get to the other side, it will be very fulfilling doing your job. And you'll hit that. And so, but it's hard for someone to get that. But because we don't have a confidence that God will keep his word to us, because our relationship with God has been so minimized. It's just about us, what we can get out of him right now. And I can get to this point versus this awesome relationship that he's speaking to us, that he does life with us, that he's a part of us. When he speaks to us and says, just be patient, it's going to come, stay at this thing. Well, I don't want to go out and move that chair in the office and do the one push-up. I don't want to go do that. That's just kind of weird. It's uncomfortable. And quite honestly, one push-up is going to do nothing for you. Let's be honest. One push-up is going to do nothing for you physically. You're not going to be really any more stronger than you were before. But something's happening mentally when we get over those childish things and we just do it. 
because it starts building and it starts building and it's like a snowball. And pretty soon something happened. Those are the promises. And, and so I think, I mean, that isn't the specific promise, but the promise is if you stay at knowing God and you stay at letting him keep revealing what he is to you, and you let him reveal more about your identity of who you are, your strengths start coming, then you want to test your strengths against resistance. And pretty soon that becomes so like, there's something satisfying. It's like, I gotta, I know it's hard, but if I do this, I feel so much better. It makes, it makes taking a break worth it because I gave myself to something. And, and all of a sudden you're seeing the fruit from it. You're seeing the clients, you're seeing the customers, you're seeing your skills increase, you're seeing value, you're seeing your body shape changing, and you're not even really trying to do it. You're just you become embraced into this idea that his promises, what he is in us, those things he's put into us, I'm just going to put them to the test constantly. And we start breaking that childishness out of us. And you guys are kind of describing it, but this, this verse in the first Corinthians, so second Peter one, two through four, and that first Corinthians 13, 11, it's all tied to this, the, this, this chart that, and I think it's just a great idea to start understanding that and how much, man, how, how great you feel as a man that you can actually say no to your emotions. You can actually tell your brain to shut up. That there's something really powerful about that, that when you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And you can actually separate yourself and say, emotion, you need to shut up. We are going to go down this path and we're going we're gonna to accomplish what has been promised or or what is right it's funny i uh with my my older son who's uh six now i've i've talked with him a little bit about this because there's sometimes we'll hear he'll be you know just exhausted from a long day and he'll say something like you know i can't i can't you know do this my brain is too tired or my brain is feeling this too much and i'll i'll come alongside him and i'll say you know what buddy i get it and you feel like you can't do it right now but you are going to learn, you can learn how to control your brain and what you feel and what you tell your body to do. And that sounds so simplistic and so childish. And it is. But we got to real like, I have to realize as a father, he's still in that stage where he can't fully control everything. But he's learning it. And as he learns it, he grows in strength, whether it's physically or mentally. And when he turns those corners, he realizes, whoa, I'm actually able to do this now. And he gets so excited about it. And it's the coolest thing. And I think that still applies to us as adults when we're growing in these areas where we need to leave something childish behind. And whether it's something physical or whether it's, you know, developing the thick skin for sales, like once that's developed, you are a much better man, a much stronger person, and you're able to do a lot more amazing things. And that feels so good. I mean, I don't want to speak for Tommy, but. I feel like the feeling of being able to take a rejection and not have it affect your entire week is a pretty empowering feeling versus, oh, no, I got a rejection. And now for the next three days, I'm depressed about myself or to go with some of the other categories they had here. You know, I was rejected by this girl I asked out. So for three and a half months now, I'm going to be depressed and think I'll never find love. Well, what if we were confident enough and respectful enough to where the acceptance or rejection from the woman didn't destroy our entire world. Like that's a 
pretty confident feeling. That's a pretty enjoyable feeling to be able to walk in that. All that to say, in the moment, it seems like living childish is more comfortable. It's, it's really ultimately not. You're going to feel much better living as a man than as a child. You know, it, in what we're talking about, the, the importance of this, and I know we're trying to take some ideas of what it, the difference of transitioning from a boy to a man. The, but the big concern is I think there's a hunger for young, for boys to learn to become a man, but they've been lied to about what that looks like and what's okay and what they can't be and what they, they should be. And I'll be honest with you that we're, we have an endangered species of young men or young boys becoming men. We have we have something that's transitioning in our culture that is it, it's really I don't know how else to say it but it's really a demonic thing that we've made strong men evil because as you know a strong man who can control his emotions a strong man who who treats people around them with with dignity and respect because they're not looking to take something from someone else a strong man that can make hard decisions even at his own sacrifice, a strong man who can, who can lead. I mean, th this is what our culture needs. It's interesting in Isaiah chapter three, it's talking about because the people have rejected God and don't want to know God, these things were going to happen to the people of Israel, of Jerusalem and Judah. And it says, he will take away the strong men, the man of war, the man who judges, the man who tells what will happen in the future, the man who uses secret ways and the leader, he will take away the captain of the 50, the man of honor, the wise man, the able workman, and one who uses secret powers. And I, I thought this interesting that he's going to remove those type of men. And so when our culture removes those type of men, this is what you end up getting. And I will make boys their rulers. Foolish children will rule over them. The people will make it hard for each other. Each one will hurt the other, and the one will be hurt by his neighbor. The younger will show anger towards the older, and the, and the man who is not respected will show anger towards the man of honor. Is that not the world we live in because we let boys run it? We've let a, a culture of, of boys with no manly strength and courage and honor take over. And I, I think this becomes a very important time that when we're looking at like, hey, how do we deal with our world? Look what's going on in our world. And, and we're talking about, hey, we need a people to rise up and 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 to make statements and to be strong and 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 to stand against evil. But we have boys doing it. We've never walked the boys into men of what it looks like for a man. And it's critical that men are are back on the scene in the proper place and and in in their strength and and the childish things put away because we currently live in a world that's run by children and you can see that and so i i just think these really are important things that we teach these basic but we can't we we you know just like jason or any of you if, if you've ever dealt with young kids you can't take a three-year-old and make them act like a 17-year-old. You, you got to help them get to be a four and get them to be five and get them to be six and get them to be seven and build on those things. And so it's going to take some time. And, I, and it, But I think now it's like there's this desperate need for them to rise up. So we're trying to put this demand on these childish men to stand up, but they don't even know how to be those next stages. So the more we can help build bridges for them to start learning how they can start taking the steps like jason you're bringing up just go do a push-up you might think it has nothing to do with anything but it means something 
just learn to wash the dishes. Just, just take one small job that no one's doing and it's irritating you that no one's doing and just take over and just do it. Just, just do it for doing its sake because it needs to be done. Just, just own something small and start just doing that regardless of how you feel about it. And the more we start doing this kind of thing, it starts bringing the childish, pushing the childish things away so we can have a man come up and start rising up because we're men and it's the most satisfying place to be. And it's painful, but guess what? You've learned how to manage your emotions. So you know what to do with that. And so I, I think there's such a need for this uh, of what's what's coming about. And I think as we go through the next podcast, the more we start bringing in practical examples and things we could start doing to start growing in uh, of little things, it makes all the difference. I, I'll leave one quick example and then you guys can close out with comments. One of my heroes is, is his name is Peter Daniels. As he was telling the story of this, this man who was extremely overweight and he had done everything to lose weight. He could not lose weight. I mean, he tried it all. He, he was sorry for it, but he just was extremely overweight. So he came to Peter one day and he asked him, help me lose weight. And rather than addressing the weight, Peter Daniels said, here's what I want you to do. Every day you come home, I noticed, because he went over to visit him in his house, he would just take his shoes and kick them off and throw them in the corner of the house. And then his wife would end up having to come over and put the shoes away. So I want you to catch all the things we talked about will be tied into this one little story. So that's kind of disrespectful to his wife, making everybody else uncomfortable. His emotions were saying, I don't want to bend over and pick it up, right? We could tie all nine of these, these childish characteristics in just that shoe what he did with his shoes. So Peter said, I don't want to deal with your weight. What I want to deal with is every day you come home, no matter what, you never forget to put your shoes in, in, in the closet in the right spot. No matter what, you put your shoes away. Well, the man did it. And you know why he could do it? Because it really had nothing to do with anything else. Peter didn't, Daniels didn't tell him the reasoning behind it. He just said, here's something you could start doing. Put your shoes away. So every day he'd put his shoes away. And one day he got to the office and he realized he'd left his shoes out. So he left the office, asked his boss to leave, went home, put his shoes away. And his wife says, you could have just called. You didn't need to come all the way home. He goes, no, I have to do this. Well, what ended up happening over the next couple of months, he started losing a drastic amount of weight. His work performance increased. Everything began to change. And he started going, wow, I, it was just like a tremendous weight loss. He goes, I can't believe it. I'm actually having victory in my weight loss. How, how is this happening? And Peter said, you started bringing discipline and maturity into your life, but we dealt with it in an area that you haven't, that you could win at. And so all these principles were being done, but he was starting not to be childish with how he was doing this one thing. And it was snowballing into everything else. So just like being overreactive and letting your emotions take over how it snowballs, so does being responsible snowballs. It, it, it does something. And it's part of the promise. And it's a powerful thing that God does on the inside of us. So just kind of taking that idea. And as we go through the next weeks, we'll keep hitting this. So that way we can help the listener. And even if you're a lady listening to this, these principles work. We're all for women, women winning. 
It's just, we, we can't have the men losing as well. We, we need to bring everything back up into a place of dignity and, and balance into what God's created all of us to be. The last thing on my mind here is I, it's, it was surprising to me how massive of an impact such small things had over the long haul and not just in the areas that I thought they were related to, but just like that story with the guy picking up his shoes, like there's, there's so much impact in other areas of life that are quote unquote more important than the little areas that we choose to start these little things in these little things of discipline or growing up or being a man or not being, you know, so focused on what other people, if they're approving of what you're doing or not in a small area, whether they think it's strange or not, it, it has such a bigger impact than we realize. I think sometimes if we were to see how widespread of an impact that little step would have, then we'd, we'd be more apt to take it maybe. But um, one thing I'm walking away with is Jason, your little challenge has uh, it's challenged me. And I think that as a man, you can excel in some areas and grow up but there could be some other areas that you're slacking in and for me that challenge of doing the push-ups I'm going to take it to heart and try it this week I have discipline in other areas but why not expand and I know that you know God's called us to be disciplined in that area part of our lives too and with our health and so i'm going to take that to heart too um one final thing i was thinking of is um my dad actually bought me a poster with this poem on it and my first year out of out of the home by myself i left it on my room wall and would occasionally read it on my way out for the day and it really encouraged me just to um just how i was going to walk out my life and everything but i'll I'll go ahead and read it and leave you guys with this. It's uh, If by Rudyard Kipling. And it says, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stand and build them up with worn out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. So I'll leave you guys with that. Thanks for tuning in for this week and can't wait to keep this conversation going about identity 
and just being a man and seeing how that affects all of our lives, taking these little steps. So until then, keep the faith, stay in the fight.